Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Welcome to Ireland's Birth Stories, a podcast where women can share their experiences with pregnancy and birth. Ireland's Birth Stories is brought to you by Nice to Meet You Ireland, a group created to bring women together. In this week's episode, I chat to Katie and she talks me through her pregnancies and the births of her four kids. Katie also unfortunately experienced miscarriage on more than one occasion, so she openly speaks about that. She is a public health nurse, a paediatric nurse and also a lactation consultant. So she has a wealth of knowledge when it comes to little kids and mum's journeys postpartum. I hope you enjoy this week's episode. So thanks for popping on to chat with us, Katie. Do you want to just start by giving us a little introduction? Yeah, so my name is Katie Mugan. I am a mum to four gorgeous kids. I'm a nurse, a public health nurse working at the moment and I'm a private practice and a lactation consultant. And my husband's Jim. And we are living currently in Nace, County Kildare, and we have a mad life at the moment. Our kids run us wild. <laughs> so that's about it for me. A busy household, but love the craziness of four kids. And yeah, I wish I was, I wish I'd started earlier and had more. Okay. And so you're not having any more? No, my husband's firmly, he's 47 this year and he refuses. Okay. So okay. I think we're done and dusted. In fairness, four isn't too bad. Four healthy no. bubbles, we're happy enough. It's a nice number. Yeah, they all fit in the so, car. Exactly. Yeah, that's a big factor, isn't it? You have to change the car for everyone you add, you have to change the car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, we're done. We're happy. So do you want to talk us through then your first pregnancy? So was your first pregnancy planned? Yeah. So my first pregnancy, no. My first pregnancy was a big surprise to us. Um, myself and Jim weren't married. So um, we, I always presumed I'd be married, I'd have babies after. And my parents were really kind of that way inclined. So it was a big shock when uh, we could find out we were pregnant on uh, Jack, or on top, Luke, Luke, my first. And I would say Jim probably took it better than what I did. Well, not that I didn't take it well, but I was actually just terrified of telling everyone how would we manage and the whole works. Whereas Jim was, look, it's fantastic. He was so excited and so happy. And just once he was good, I was like, look, we will manage whatever happens. Mm-hmm. So we were actually really lucky. My first pregnancy was so easy. It was fab. We were living in Cork at the time, or in Kerry at the time. So I went to Cork um, just, I suppose I'd been doing a lot of work around the county and I just would have preferred Cork Hospital. I knew that it was really good unit and everything else. And um, I had a consultant there. I really liked him. So uh, we signed up with uh, Cork. So I had all my appointments there. And um, yeah, when I told my parents, they actually took it really well. They were delighted. So I think it was different. We're kind of thirsty. I was well established with my job and everything else. And we were, we were solid. 
So yeah, it was uh, really exciting times. Uh, my brother was expecting twins as well at the same time. Well, not my brother, his wife was expecting twins. So um, yeah, it was really exciting. And it was really handy, really nice pregnancy. It was really healthy the whole way through. Only problem was constipation. I think every pregnant woman might suffer from it from time to time. Um, but otherwise it was really good. And I think I went in, I think it was 41 plus three. I thought he was never going to come. He was, I was really like, actually just my bump was really big. And everyone kept saying, oh my God, he's going to be massive. So I was really nervous about like how big he was going to be. Mm-hmm. And I think because I was a peds nurse, all I ever thought was like big babies, there's more difficulties and uh, complications. So had you thought about um, pain relief or anything like that? So I had, I was with the base, so part of it, I was with the baseline study. So they were doing this kind of um, national uh, study throughout um, Ireland on uh, following women from kind of their initial pregnancy on their first, the whole way through. So I was part of it. So I got loads of extra scans and we'd spoken an awful lot there about birth pregnancy. That was really, really good. I was delighted to be part of it. It's probably also known as the growing up in Ireland study. So um Really, uh, I got loads of scams. Yeah, so I had thought about it. What I, all I really wanted to know was like, look, I'd love to go. I wanted, uh, if possible, at all possible, I wanted a vaginal birth. I wanted, I wanted to kind of go without having an epidural if possible, but I was very open. I kind of always said, I'll see how I go. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, I will take whatever's needed. Yeah. So when I went in at 41 plus three, I think it was in to see the consultant and I had kind of reduced movements on kind of that evening, the night before and that day. And he had, he had scammy and thought he was a little bit sluggish. Um, heart rate and everything was fine, but just his movements weren't great. So I was brought in and he kind of said, look, do you know what, you're 41 plus three and he's big baby, will will induce you. So I went in and that was fine. I went up to the ward and I was admitted and they said, we're going to give you the prostaglandin gels. It'll be 12 hours before we do anything the next morning, we'll break the water. So I went in, had the gel put in and I felt grand. Wasn't I'd move for a half an hour, an hour. And there was a lady across the way from me and she was on her fifth baby. And she, I could hear her kind of, you know, crying out and saying, I need some, I need some pain relief. And her husband had gone home and the midwife had come in. I could just hear from behind the curtain saying, you know, you're, you know, you're only three centimeters, you know, you're not going to, you know, you're going to be ages yet. And she was like, I just need pain relief. And she said, look, just go to the bathroom, maybe consider having a shower. And I was kind of listening to all this behind the curtains going, wow. And I was kind of getting a little bit nervous thinking, God, I hope I'm able to manage it. And then the woman goes into the bathroom and then I hear the crying of a baby and she delivered in the bathroom and then it was panic stations and everyone's going. And all I could think was, oh my God, oh my God. Like, am I going to, is this going to happen to me? Yeah, and then you're as well. Yeah, I think, and even though I'd been to loads of births, I'd worked in special care, I just had that image of seeing that woman kind of crying at them saying, you're only three centimetres. And they were quite, you know, quite pragmatic and dogmatic, I would say, a bit harsh. And then she delivered in the bathroom and it was like screaming and shouting and everyone was running. So that was my initial. But anyway, that night, uh, contractions kicked off. The next morning I was brought down to get my waters broken. And I really was naive. I kind of thought this is going to be like an hour or two. Like I kind of thought I'd done a good bit of the work. Yeah. No, it was like 10 o'clock in the morning. I got my waters broken. I'd say I was still walking corridors and I was on the ball nonstop. And the pains were really significant. I really, like I had such bad back pain. That's all I remember. Okay. And then they kept saying, oh, he's back to back. Like it's going to be long. It's going to be hard. And I was like, okay. So I held out, I had pethidine. And I remember then this midwife said to me, she was lovely. She goes, look, Katie, nobody's going to give out medals today for being a martyr. You know, mm-hmm. if you need to take something extra, take it. And I think I just went, okay, I, I'm, I'm done. I'll take the epidural. So it's brought it down. And I'm kind of, yeah, I think at the time, I think I was glad to take it. I obviously yeah. was in pain. So took the epidural. And from that moment on, I had the most 
I always remember she's the most beautiful midwife. She actually knew my parents just really randomly oh. from where my parents were from. And I just scored his experience. So then he was born at six minutes, four minutes to midnight. And um, he, I, he did his heart rate drop. So he was four steps delivery, had an episiotomy, the whole works. But you know what? It was a fab experience. Nothing could have dulled it down. I just thought it was amazing. He was a bit sluggish afterwards. That was my biggest fear. He was, I was an hour before I got him. Um, and then we got to our skin to skin and the whole works. But yeah, it was just, he was, uh, I think he just, he's always been quiet and real placid and it's just him by nature. I think even when he came out, he didn't cry. So that was my first. So even though some people might think it wasn't a great experience for me, yeah. it was the happiest moment. He was my first to make me a mom. So I'll always remember it. Yeah. Um, and then Lily, um, I got pregnant with, we got married uh, when Luke was 10 months old. And I was pregnant, got, we really wanted to have another straight away. So we got pregnant literally on our honeymoon, I'd say. Um, I knew I was pregnant, I'd say from two weeks in. Yeah. I was on our honeymoon and I said to Jim, I'm definitely, no, it's straight away. I was constipated. Every time I got pregnant, I was constipated from the moment I got pregnant. So I went, I think I'm definitely pregnant. He goes, you could not possibly be. I was like, I swear to you, I think I am. We got home and yeah, pregnancy test. Within another week, I was pregnant. So again, really easy pregnancy. I loved every second of it. Um, I w had no issues. I really did think it was a girl. Everyone was like, it's definitely a girl. It's completely different to Luke. I was much smaller. And I went in, I think on the, I, was, I think I was 37. I think 37 weeks, it was a bank holiday weekend. And I had my parents on standby because again, I was going to Cork. We were living in Carrasveen or Car Killarney. So it was an hour and a half and kind of an hour and a half away where we were living. So I had to bring my parents to come up from court, from Nace to, court, to Kerry to mind right, Luke. Okay. But they were going to meet us at Cork Hospital and then they would just take him home. So they rang me on the session. I was like, no, look, I've, I had lost my mucus plug. And I was like, look, it could happen anytime. But I was still kind of 37 weeks and I thought like Luke didn't come for so long. I said, yeah. no, the sun will probably be the same. And then the Sunday, Monday night of the bank holiday was really bad weather. I went to bed as normal. We'd been the beach all day and I got, I woke up with a twinge about 2 a.m. And I had never had normal labor. I'd never gone into as what to say, normal labor. So I kind of was wondering, is it it or is it not? And Jim was sound asleep. And I was chatting to a friend who was living in Caribbean. There was time difference. And then about half two, I went, God, yeah, that's definitely an eagle. I said, you know what? I'll get up and have a shower because then I'll know if it kind of kicks in. So it was about quarter to three and I thought, no, there's definitely contractions. I'll, I'll wake Jim now. So I woke Jim and I said, look, I'll ring mom and dad, get them to meet us at Cork Hospital. So that was fine. Um, we woke, we had to take Luke with us. So we picked him up and it was one time he had actually drowned it, all his pajamas, everything. So he had to be changed. And all of a sudden then the contractions really started kicking off. And I was like, Jim, we need to get moving. And Jim was hardly a bit slower dressing Luke. So I was like, yeah. would you just come on, Luke? So we probably got slower again when you're on him. <laughs> like, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we got in the car and I was just like, get me across the border, Jim. Just get me across the border. Because if you had to ring an ambulance, they'd bring me back to Kerry. And I was like, just bring oh, yeah, me to court. Yeah. So it was really bad weather. I remember poor little Jack Luke. Ever, every time I look at him, I used to look in the mirror and I just see his little eyes looking back out. He didn't sleep, which is really unusual. Like he'd always gone back to sleep. So yeah. I'd say he knew there was something going on. So my parents were on the route, arrived in the hospital and I was thick and fast. Like I thought, Jim, this is really, really moving really quickly. And it took us, that was like two, the first kind of first like twinge. And we got to the hospital probably about five by the time we got there, maybe 10 past five. 
And Jim brought Luke up with me because I just said, I don't feel like I could go into the lift on my own in case something happened. Mm-hmm. So we got up there and it was the death of like so quiet in the hospital. And then all you could hear was Luke in the buggy in the waiting room of the maternity assessment unit. And he's crying and I could hear this midwife going, who owned that child? And then I was, I just, I, they saw me then be like, oh, come on in. And they sent, met, checked me out and they said, God, you're six. Actually, you're closer to eight. We'll bring you straight to the unit. And we we're still waiting my parents. So Jim had to eventually find my parents out of the foyer, kind of out of the foyer, hand them over. And he came straight back down to me, but then realized he had the car key in his or house key. So he had to go back in front of my parents to give back the key. And literally, that was a matter of kind of from about 25 past half five, they were already assessing me. And he walked back in and Lily was delivered at uh, six o'clock. So it was wow. a really, most amazing, completely different labor, like yeah. no, just bare, just gas and air. Um, it was real loads of pain in the front, but like nothing in my back. So it was so bearable. It was okay. the most fantastic, really quick birth. The midwives were really good. They just left me to it. They were really, they were really good. They allowed me to birth on my knees, okay, which cool. was so much easier than Luke's labor. Definitely by far. Um, so yeah, and then we were literally home within I think twenty four hours afterwards. So, so no it was like talking to nothing. nothing. So Lily was like not even a graze. Lily was like this tiny little uh, seven pounder in comparison to her brother that was nearly nine. So right, there was okay. complete difference. Um, but yeah, like it was that was probably my out of all my births, she was the easiest of all of them. She just flew out and she started crying, and that was just she is just fiery the whole way through mm-hmm. from that moment on. So, and did you breastfeed Luke and Lily? Breastfed Luke and Lily, yeah. And I was really lucky. I had really easy journeys. Um, I had great support um, on Luke in Cork University. They had a lactation consultant that always went around and they had a class every Tuesday. So I got to go, I went to that before I left the hospital uh, and literally she just chatted things through. So yeah, it was really good, but very little support. Like when I got home, I was lucky that things all went really well. Um, mm-hmm. but like my public health nurse in Kerry, and she was a beautiful lady. I remember her turning around and going, look, you know more than what I know. So you just keep on going. And, you know, any issues, let me know. She said she never, she didn't have any people that breastfed down in, in Carisphine. So nice. um, at the time. So, yeah, no, it was fine. I was really lucky. Luke thrived. Same with Lily. Um, I suppose I had a lot of knowledge anyway. But, you yeah. know, it's always different when it's your own. Um, but, yeah, Luke and Lily were breastfed. Um, Luke was probably till seven months. Lily was... Um, Lily was less actually she was a really refluxy baby so she was only she was my uh, quickest she was the four months because I went back to work and then I we moved up to Nace um moved up to Nace back home in the I think it was the March of 2013 and I started my PHN um college course and I found out that I was pregnant again in the middle of that it must have been around Christmas I found out I was pregnant and um, so Lily would have only been was she one maybe one in a bit she was one in a bit um at that stage and I we were going on a family um reunion actually uh, my parent my mother's side was doing a big family reunion and I was just I was going to have my 12 week scan on the Monday and it was my birthday on the Saturday. We were going down to this family reunion. We were going to tell everyone that I was pregnant. And just that morning, I went to the bathroom and I found it kind of spotted bleeding. And I thought, that's not normal, Jim. I've never had it before in any of my other pregnancies. Mm-hmm. So I remember ringing the unit and they were like, look, it's very like unlikely to do anything. And I just had in my gut, there's something not right. So we packed up and we went, we said, look, we'll go up there first and we'll get the all clear and then we'll head off down. 
So that was why we went up and actually there and then they kind of said, look, um, you, we don't, we're not sure, the dates don't look right. There's no heart, it doesn't look like, we can't see the heartbeat, but it could be too early. And in my head, I was still kind of thinking, oh, it's fine, like it's probably just dates are mixed up. And then I thought to my head, oh, that can't be right. Like I'm always on time with my dates. Yeah. So we had to wait, I'd go back in the next week for a recheck. But I kind of knew, even though I was still hoping for a miracle. So that pregnancy, I had lost it probably around 11 weeks, I think 10 or 11 weeks. It was quite late. And like that, I suppose everyone kind of just, just the way that it happened. So I was kind of like, after I lost that one, I was kind of like, I really want to get pregnant again, like most people. So we went again pretty much straight away. And um, I think I was pregnant within the next month, probably six weeks. And... Um, I went in and got an early pregnancy scan again at seven weeks. And they were like, no, look, everything looks perfectly normal. Don't worry about it at all. And I was like, fantastic. We're sorted now this time. Mm-hmm. And we went in for, we're going to, the, we went to the midwives clinic actually in NACE. So we went in for a 12 week scan. Same lady that had told us the first time around that, when it wasn't actually this lady anyway, um, we went in for a 12 week scan. And while we were sitting out in the corridor, I was that kind of nervous about what was going to happen just because of the previous. And I still remember Jim, I was sitting outside and this woman came out of the room and she was crying and I went, oh my God, Jim, I feel so sorry for her. She's obviously got really bad news. Just like, and it kind of was like, I remember that day, it was so bad. And he was like, look, it's grand. You know, we're going to go in there now and see the baby. And I was like, fantastic. So went back in, hopped up on the bed and we were chatting and doing the whole thing, chatting about her scan. And um, she was lovely. She was really empathizing about the last time. And then she did the scan and she goes, look, I'm really sorry to tell you, but there's no baby present again. And I was absolutely devastated this time around. Like the first time I could take it, but it was like, just, yeah. it was unfortunate. Second time I was like, oh my God, there's definitely something wrong. But unless you've got three miscarriages in a row, you can't do anything. So they were just like, look, it's just unfortunate. You're just one in kind of four, it's going to happen. And they said, cause you've carried two babies previous, both sexes, there's no need to worry. So we kind of said at that stage, Jim said, let's just take a little break. Like just yeah. give it a little bit of time for you to settle and everything else. So I was like, okay. So we left it, I qualified, I must have qualified. And just as I qualified, then we said, look, let's go. So I kind of gave it the three months. That's the way they recommended this time. Just give it three months for your body to replenish. So I got pregnant on Tom then after the three months. And I was definitely more anxious in that pregnancy. I was always kind of hoping, like waiting for this. I got a scan at seven weeks. In fairness, the Kuma were amazing. They did scan me again at 10 weeks and then... I had my big scan at 12 weeks and everything was normal. So I was like, fantastic. This is great. So I went back into them. I was in onto the midwives um, at that stage. And I remember, I think it was about my 18 weeks. I said to the midwife, look, um, I feel much bigger on this pregnancy than I would have on any of my others. And she was like, okay, she will just do a quick measurement then. So she measured, because, oh, you are actually, you're measuring something like 20, I think it was 24 weeks or something. And I was only 18 weeks. So I was like, okay. So then they sent me for a scan. They said, look, you have a lot of excess fluid, which, you know, it's generally indicative of something else. So I was like, okay. So she said, it's usually with diabetes. So they sent me off for diabetes testing, uh, diabetics, um, glucose, fasting glucose. And that came back perfectly normal. So they said, look, we'll just keep an eye. So I was back in for scans kind of every two weeks kind of after that, just to check. And the waters kept increasing. I had polyhydramnes. Um, uh, but they kept saying, like, usually this is linked to something else. And they said, there's no query of uh, 
of a syndrome or anything, but it's just like a gestational diabetes. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, fair enough. So they kept checking. I must have three or four and they all came back negative. But I think when I got to bait, then I ended up having um, loads of contractions and they thought I was going to go to preterm labor. So I got steroids at 28 weeks and then then everything kind of settled kind of once I hit about 34 weeks but they had said look I was about 36 weeks they said look oh no it must be about 34 weeks they said look we're just going to put you just go on to a sugar-free diet um or even though my sugars were good they said just try it and see and I said that's fine so I just went on to that at that stage and um they had said look usually the polyhydramnesis connection with really big babies and because Luke was big um at the first I was like okay god how big are we talking um and then they said look because of 30 I think by 37 plus uh weeks they said like they had thought I'd go early they said look I think we'll just take you in and we'll induce you um just with everything and I because I was high risk of cord prolapse okay so just because I had so much fluid you're afraid the cord would come before the baby so uh, they said, and look, at least we can deal with about them with the possibility of being induced after ha- having Lily's birth. Oh, I, I was dying. Like I thought I'd have Lily again. Like I thought it'd be really yeah. easy. But you know what? I'm kind of very, I suppose, probably medical. I just like, look, I don't care once the baby. I'd had so that pregnancy had been so, I think, up and down anyway. Yeah. Um, from having two miscarriages, and I was definitely more, I like, I wouldn't suffer anxiety at all, but I was definitely just wanted, I wanted to get to the end of it, so obviously mm-hmm. I'd have a healthy baby, and I just wanted everything to go fine. Like, I didn't really care about me at the time, I just wanted a safe and healthy baby, so yeah. I kind of did whatever they told me. I didn't really, I didn't really, John, I didn't even question. I said, Grand job, let's go. <clears throat> and I always kind of say, Look, I'll take the pain, I'll do whatever I have to, just get baby out safe. Yeah. So when we went in, they had, um, did they do anything? No, I actually had already, I was already about two or three centimeters. So they said, look, we're just waiting on a bed in the delivery suite. And they were waiting on the theater had to be free as well in case the cord came that they'd have to bring me straight for a C-section. So they had to wait for the two rooms. So then when I went down, actually I had two, I had two doctors and they broke my waters. And I kind of always remember being there and going, God, that wasn't as much water as I thought there would be when they burst it. Like it just kind of mm. a lot came, but not really what I thought. And I was like, okay. And um, like that, I went up on the drip and I was doing fine. I was on my knees and I was really, it was such an easy experience. And then she said, look, the baby's heart rate's dropping. You're going to have to go back on your back or on your left hand side. And actually once I did that, the pain was so much worse. I was like, I just can't bear it on this side. And she kept saying, look, Katie, I think you're going to, like, because Lily's birth had been so quick, they were like, look, you're going to go very quick probably this time around. And I was like, okay. So they kept saying, no, Katie, I see you're going to, de- you're definitely going to deliver it anytime soon. And I was like, okay, okay, I'll take it. And then by the end, I went, no, look, I need the epidural. Just get me the epidural. I don't care anymore. And I literally, she went out of the room to get the anaesthetist. And she walked, she'd only just examined, she said, look, you're only three centimeters. Let's just go get the anaesthetist. So she walked out of the room. And she walked back in. I said, I think I have to push. And like literally the consultant the just went, my job is done. And Luke or Tom didn't even literally stop. I did one push and he flew out, but the waters literally sprayed everywhere. Like I, then she said, your waters hadn't been broken fully. So I'd only had right, partial yeah. breaks. Okay. So I think that's what, like I probably would have moved quicker only that it yeah. literally took off. But his labor was about, I think I went in at seven my waters were broken about um I'd say about eight and it was nine o'clock his waters broken and he was delivered at 11 11 15 so that was quick it was only two- 
How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. He wears actual labor. And then, yeah, and then we said, like, that's it now. Well, Jim said, that's it now. Three's enough. We're finished and we're done. And I was always kind of going, I really want a fourth. He was like, no, now we've got four, three healthy babies. We are not having another one. And that was fine. Kind of put it out of my head anyway. And lo and behold, little surprise came in, in 2018. Our amazing surprise, Jack, came. What day? Uh, no, actually, sorry. I had a, a miscarriage, but I, I, it was very early. I didn't really, I didn't even really know um, that was probably a few months before that I'd actually gone in I'd had a really bad back was admitted into hospital um to get uh, injections in my back and she did a pregnancy test as they have to do with every general anesthetic and she said the doctor came down and I was thinking why is the consultant here and I was like yeah and he said, you know is there any way you're pregnant and I was like no not at all and my mother was sitting with me no and she goes yeah, are you sure there's no way you could be pregnant I was like, absolutely not and he said well we've checked three times you're pregnant and I was like oh holy god I was like okay that's fine and I, I in ways I was kind of like oh yeah I can't wait yeah I went yeah. home broke the, I went home broke the news to Jim he was like what I was like <laughs> yeah right my mother was just like oh my god 
So yeah, like to be honest, we were excited, but I did miscarry. I think to be honest, my back was in a really bad way and I had really bad pain control. So um, I I kind of wasn't shocked that I lost it. I think with everything that happened, it was kind of like a sporadic thing, but I think that in my head, I was like, I'd love another one, but Jim was like, look, we're not going there. So yeah, then our little surprise happened and it was actually completely, like I didn't know I was pregnant with Luke or with Jack until I'd say it was probably eight weeks and maybe seven or eight weeks and I actually was constipated I went god I really don't feel great um and then I just checked and I was pregnant so yeah so we found out we we're pregnant and actually we was we were all delighted we were really it was kind of like our I suppose I always thought I'd had four so um yeah we were all really delighted that uh, like even mom and dad and everyone's like this is fantastic, you know, and everyone else had kind of finished having babies in our family. So it was really nice that way. Um, and did you have but, to go in for early scans as well with Jack? Because no, you, they wouldn't no, do it because okay. I'd already had uh, Tom's. They wouldn't. Yeah. But I did go in for one early one at the beginning just because I requested it so much. So I had one about 10 weeks. I didn't bother with the eight weeks. So I had one in 10 weeks and that was fine. And then I had another, you know, I had one in eight weeks, actually. Because no, I had one at 10 weeks because I went in at nine weeks. I went in and I rang, I had because I was com- like worried the, on Tom about um, gestational diabetes. I was checking my sugars at home because I had the machine and I noticed that my sugars were reading a bit higher in the morning. Now, not hugely, they want them under five. I think mine was 5.3 and mm. 5.4. So I contacted the diabetic clinic and I spoke to the nurse and she said, just come in. So I went in and they did the test, which came back negative again, but my sugars were actually reading slightly higher. So I was brought into the clinic then. So I was scanned at 10 weeks and then I saw the diabetic consultant as well. And they just said, look, due to the history of Tom's pregnancy, um, that even though the test came back as negative, my sugars were reading higher. So we, they started me on insulin then at, I think it was about 11 weeks. And then I went on holidays to France so I wasn't back to the clinic till I came back after there. It was probably three or four weeks later. And yeah, like to be honest, it was probably, even though I was on insulin, it was probably my, like, no, well, I suppose Lillian Big's pregnancy was really healthy. Tom's still the only one that kind of was a bit off. But uh, it was really healthy pregnancy. Everything, I was in and out kind of every month uh, for checks and I watched my sugar. So I literally, from the moment I found out I was pregnant, I didn't, nothing passed my lips. I was probably definitely the healthiest that way. Um, uh, my diet was excellent. I was probably more prone to hypo um, hypos rather than hypers, okay. and I always kept my sugars kind of lower. But so um, were really you given well a diet to follow, or so a diet initially with most people because I was under the I think sixteen weeks you go straight on to insulin. So okay. I was actually injecting myself only twice a day initially, and then it went up to three times a day. Um, so you take your blood sugar kind of before breakfast, after breakfast, and I would take insulin with my breakfast. And then I literally just ate breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and I had the occasional snack if I hypoed. Um, did you feel any different? Did you have any, it's like, are you symptomatic of it or? No, not at all. The only thing when I had hypos, I was. So if my blood sugar dropped really low, which would happen, you could get, you get really disorientated. I'd sweat an awful lot, okay. could get palpitations. You just know straight away that you don't feel well. If you check your sugar, like I could drop down to 2.6, but I'd have to eat something in order to bring yeah. it back up again. Um, so other than that, like I wouldn't have had that many. It was more near the end, but I was really, really careful. I exercised quite a bit uh, to keep my sugar as low as well. 
Um, but yeah, it was really healthy pregnancy up like without even thinking of it. I signed out of work kind of at 36 weeks, about 35 plus six or something. It was like Friday. And I kind of knew that I was going to be induced two weeks early. So um, I was kind of thinking around 38 weeks. So um, on the third, when I was about 37 weeks out of nowhere, it was Saturday morning. I just went to the bathroom and I noticed I bleed, I uh, bled a little bit and I thought that's not normal. So I went straight into the coom and they were brilliant. Like they said, look, heartbeat's really strong. We don't know why this has happened. Um, they said, we'll just admit you for 24 hours for observation. So they did, and I was having kind of tightening, so they thought I was probably going into labor. Um, but that just settled itself again. And there was nothing. So they think it was just a sign of early labor that I was ready to go, yeah. but I didn't do anything. You knew you were going to be induced at 38 weeks. Was that was due to the... Diabetes, insulin right? diabetes so once yeah. you're on yeah once you're diabetic they generally bring in a bit earlier okay um to be induced now they could because it was christmas jack was due they could have left me to 39 weeks but i was going to be hitting right in between christmas and new year's and i just thought i prefer to have the tea hospital working full capacity and team yeah. and everything and i wanted to be at home so i was kind of saying like early 38 rather than late 30 or late 39 okay. um but they were kind of happy with that to be honest because there'd be nobody in to in to do all the inductions unless they're really overdue and so what's the reason for induction if you have gestational diabetes Possibly because you're more prone to high, uh, bigger babies, um, but just coming near the end, you're more prone to problems as well and baby okay. um, and placenta um, issues, placental issues. So, but generally because of bigger babies as well. So, um, yeah, but like in fairness, they thought like Tom was going to be a massive baby and I was expecting a nine-pounder who's only six pounds, 15. He was my smallest. So that's why the picture of gestational diabetes didn't suit him because... Yeah. He was tiny, like for what they thought he was going to be. He was really small. Um, so then, yes, yeah, so then at 37 weeks, I was due back in, but I ended up going in after spiking a really high temp and I was admitted and they thought I had the flu. So I was admitted in isolation and they had to wait till the tests were cleared and they started me on Tammy flu. Um, just, I had really bad flu symptoms. I, I picked up a virus, I'd say. I was just run down after finishing work. And I picked up a virus and they just couldn't write real the flu because of the high temp. So I was admitted and I was kept in and my sugars were really low. Um, so they kept me in for three days and they said, look, we're at that stage anyway. They said, look, we're just going to admit you. We'll take you next Monday. And we're going to admit you. So that was on the Thursday. And they said, just come in Monday morning first thing. We'll admit you for uh, induction. So I said, that's fine. And um, it was the Monday before Christmas. Um, oh, no, it was I don't know, maybe the 15th or something and um of december and yeah so are they, yeah and then i was admitted and they started he was really high um he was really high up so i was kind of going they were like oh look it could be failed we probably won't be able to do it he's too high up but all my babies never go down unleashly until my waters break so okay. i kept saying to them look this is normal they always do this but once you break my waters it'll fly out so and did you do anything throughout your like your third trimester to help them move down did you do anything? Oh, I was on the I was on the ball nonstop. Yeah. Like I literally okay. lived on that ball. But like even when like it just depends. Like when I they examined me at thirty seven when I was just being discharged that day, I was actually he was much lower. So okay. like he was down and engaged, and then he just popped back up because of the fluid they said, and because I'd been bigger on Luke, they just said I'd expanded. Uh, my muscles weren't as tight. Okay. So like he was much further. So when I went in on the Monday, they gave me the. Uh, they put in the 
the what do you call it ribbon um the prostaglandin ribbon can't think of the names going straight in my head and um on the first time they used that as well and this time um, i end up hyperstimulating so they had to take it out a few hours later um and then they used the gave me the first prostaglandin gel and yeah i actually opened quite a lot anyway but just baby was still high so what does hyperstimulating mean exactly so it just means like literally the contractions were coming really quick okay. uh, and really fast but it wasn't actually it wasn't doing anything for labor mm. like so um they end up taking it out so there was baby wasn't getting any reprieve so it was just like contraction 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 um and it wouldn't so have, you uh, must have been, been you, you obviously didn't have an epidural or any pain relief at that stage so no no been, not no oh, okay. no we're pretty uncomfortable so no I de- yeah i definitely felt it but i was walking the corridors like so it was up and down if you've been in the coom i was up and down the stairs yeah. um yeah. from the board <laughs> up and down and <laughs> yeah I literally yeah. just went up and down and it was so funny because I remember got to the evening and this man said to me who'd after coming out from uh, the private ward, he goes, oh, we've been there, keep going, you're doing great. Uh-uh. <laughs> I, was <just> like, <laughs> I was like, I must look like hell because it was so funny. I was like, <sighs> and I was really breathing through it and I was like, oh, thanks. Yeah. And like Jim obviously wasn't aware because unless you're in established like at the time. And it was probably about 10 o'clock at night. And uh, yeah, I just always remember that man coming out and he was so elated because his wife had just delivered. She was back in the ward. Um, So he was actually, it was really like little boost. Yeah, so I just kept going. And then the next day, contractions kind of settled again. And then the next morning, first thing in the morning, they came around and they gave me the uh, gel again. And they said, look, we'll bring you down to the labour ward once there's a room present, a room, but we need the delivery suite in case... um, because you, you've got a good bit of water in case there's any issues so it's like grand here we go again so we went down uh we probably didn't get down till nearly six or seven it must be nearly it was seven o'clock because my midwife was gorgeous she was italian and um she was like okay i go off at eight o'clock so let's get this baby done i was like look i always have my babies nice and quick she goes right we've got an hour let's go so they came in they broke the waters and they put me on the trip and i must be probably about half seven she was like we've only got half an hour so as soon as they put me on the drip, um, like baby had shot down once they did the broke the waters. And once they started the drip, like they were starting to come really thick and fast. And um, I was on the ball for a good while. Like she was a brilliant midwife and that she was just kept chatting through. And Jim was, la- I always just remember Jim laughing and there was a bit of Christmas music in the background. Yeah. And uh, it was a really like, even though I was in like loads of pain, I could laugh through it completely. And then I had gas and air. So um, it was just a really lovely environment like it was really chilled out she was sitting kind of half on the other ball and she was chatting away and laughing um and then it got she held on it was like half eight and she goes look um i'm going to go but i know you're going to go anytime and she goes i can't believe i'm after missing you and i was like no it's okay and then the other midwife came in and i suppose maybe it's just that you haven't built a relationship with um but she was just a bit more I don't know, cut and dry, cut dry. Like it was just, yeah. we didn't really build a relationship that way. So she was just like, okay. And um, she was like, okay, the heart rate's dropping. You're gonna have to move on your side. And there was no kind of, there was no kind of like kind of chatting. It was just telling me to do these things. And I remember then saying, Jim, I think I need an epidural. And I think it was actually probably more panic than anything. So it was like, the pain was getting really thick, really fast. And I, I think it was just panicking. felt that way if that... If I think if the other girl had changed. stayed with me. Yeah. Yes. I think if the girl had stayed with me, I wouldn't have even... No, I just needed somebody to say, Casey, you're fine. Yeah. You're, this is normal. You're doing fine. Whereas I just think that the way she... Like, she was perfectly nice. 
yeah. but just wasn't very, um, wasn't really reassuring. So she was just like, lie on your side, um, baby's heart's dropping. And she was just like, you just, you know, you just need to go with your body. And I was like, okay. So then I kind of said to Jim, no, I think I need an epidural. I, I think I want the epidural. And she was like, do you really want the epidural? And I was like, no, I, I de- think I definitely want the epidural. And she was well, you're going to have to go through all the paperwork. We'll have to get you to sign consent. But because of my back issue, I had already been to an anesthetist and I'd already signed consent. So Jim, in mm-hmm. fairness, had said, look, we've signed that consent. She's, if she wants it, just get her the epidural. So she was kind of just a bit like, oh, okay. Now, maybe she knew that I was going to actually deliver very quickly, possibly. Yeah. But um, I think if she had just said, look, Katie, you are well able for this. You will be fine. Yeah. You've done it two times before. You can do this. But I was just panicked. But in the heel of, anyway, so she walked out of the room and she went and ordered the uh, epidural and she said look she's just finishing next door she'll be straight in there won't be a few minutes and as that as she said that I started pushing and sure he was he was out literally he was out and the consultant walked in and like that she said oh fantastic my job is done again I was like oh my god and I said I'm really sorry because once he was out I was like I'm so sorry I know I wasted your time she's like no I love to come in and see a happy mom and a happy baby but and she was lovely like but even still afterwards you probably thought you were going to get that epidural would probably gave you a little bit of release for a second as well, you know, so. Yeah, I think I just, like I, it's, I did it on Tom as well. Like, I think it was just, I got to the point of going, oh my God, I can't do this because if it's going to be this painful for so long, yeah. then I just couldn't do it. Whereas it was just so quick. It literally, I've gone and all my babies, literally three to 10, there's no stop. It's literally, I go, they measure me and they say you're three centimeters and then they go, ready to go, fly it out and like I've never in fairness I've never sat there and I've never pushed for an hour it's like one two pushes and baby's out mm-hmm. like I'd love to know if I I'd love to in ways not have been induced just to know would I have been like because Lily was even if you think of it like four hours from start to finish but like three two of those were in a in a car I wonder if I on my third and fourth if I hadn't been induced would they have been even quicker like you know just being mm-hmm. able to walk and move would have been easier um so yeah I don't know but like in fairness all of them were really positive like I I, I was really special because I'm on Jack then the next day the midwife the Italian midwife um Maria came up to the ward to see me and she's like I just had to say and she goes I cannot believe you delivered like 30 minutes after I left and it wasn't even he was delivered at nine and she left at 8 40 or 8 40 so it was only 20 minutes later um she was like can't leave and she goes I heard you were looking for the epidural I knew you didn't need the epidural and I was like I know thanks I said you know yeah, I think I said I just think I panicked but she was gorgeous like from start to finish and yeah like Jack was great he was not he was seven pounds he wasn't big um but he was really long and he's still like definitely in the upper centiles he's really long he's not after me anyway but um and you breastfed yeah, well. yeah so I'd harvested colostrum on Jack okay. Um, because of the diabetes and I just wanted to make sure I had every base cover because I didn't know whether he would have hypos or um, blood sugar issues which they can have if the mom is diabetic just because they have higher insulin levels running uh, through the system but I had obviously stayed, kept my sugars really really stable all the way through so luckily he didn't need it but I brought them in anyway so I just gave him top-ups after feeds just to use it up more than anything else yeah. so he came out like weighing heavier than he probably went in um, yeah. which was great <laughs> Uh, when he came out I should say so yeah like he was really good and jaundice wise wasn't ma- like was a bit jaundice because all my babies tend to be a bit jaundice um, like most breastfeds but like he thrived from the moment he was out and do you um, think he experienced the baby blues um, on any of your babies the past the, the few days after having them 
No, not on three. I'd say De Luke definitely did. So I remember being at home, a mom and dad came down um, when I got home in Kerry. And um, I still remember Jim coming home from work or something. And he must have said something to me. And I was like, it's fine. And I think I went upstairs. Mom was, it's okay. It's just true. You know, it's just the hormones. I was like, I know, I'm fine. It was like, I was crying, but I wasn't actually crying. But yeah. I was like, I don't know why I'm crying. And I, like Jimmy used to always say, like, I could ask you, do you want a cup of tea? And you'd start crying. I was like, I know, I don't know why. But um, no, I think it was like, the, I remember the week after. So Jim only had a week off and we'd spent, we'd spent that kind of week in the hospital. So he had to go back to work on the Monday and my parents were coming down after. That was it. And I remember being really teary when he was leaving for work. I just felt really overwhelmed quite quickly. Um, that like I was going to be in the house all day on my own. And I had, to, now in fairness, not baby wise at all. Because it was like, I was, I was quite confident in, in minding him mm. that. But just... I, I did find it lonely until my parents came down. So when they came down, I was like, this is fantastic. Like I really loved just the company. I really, I, I think I would have totally struggled if I hadn't had them. And like, to be honest, there was no baby groups. There was no support. Like, yeah, there was nothing. So I used to go to the breastfeeding group in Killarney, which was an hour away. So it was like 60 miles to go from where I lived to the nearest breastfeeding, like decent breastfeeding group. And I met up with friends there and like i'm still friends with them today like two of the girls uh, Gemma and ruth and we all have babies on your calendar when you have the little ones you need to have yeah. something in there yeah yeah like we used to go we'd go for the to the breastfeeding group in killarney and then we go for one of the pick one of the hotels and we go for lunch and then we used to go to Killarney park for a walk and it was just fab like yeah. i definitely i really feel even for moms at the moment like in COVID times that there's no support out there now like no. so no I really needed it definitely the other three to be honest I think I was just busy and when I had Lily my sister had had her baby there's only six days between the two girls so I was up home quite a lot like I was up mm -hmm. and down and then Tom my third and her second there's only six weeks between them so again they're really close so I was up all the time with them and we were living at home so we were arranged an awful lot so I've been really lucky I've always had good support around and good yeah. family um so yeah I enjoyed I enjoyed my time on maternity leave massively you touched on COVID there so as a lactation consultant you've seen lots of new mums how do you think they're coping at the moment oh do you know what I my heart goes out to them like I mean some most of them are coping really well but I really feel that they've lost out on a huge amount like yeah. I think support like even for people that have, would have generally had their grandparents their parents around to support mm -hmm. And just, I suppose, it's a time that's real um, celebratory to show off your baby and spend time with family and, you know, rejoice kind of like that. You've got a gorgeous little um, addition to the family. And now suddenly you're not allowed to um, meet up and, well, you weren't there for a long time and um, meet up and, and share your experience. It's like phone is great and Zoom is amazing, but it doesn't make up for personal contact. So, and I think sometimes even as a woman like having your mom or a sister or a really good friend there to support you in person is sometimes what's what's really needed like you even find from your support groups that one-to-one -one contact or group contact is like it's what's really needed so yeah i think there is going to be a very definitely a higher incidence of postnatal depression yeah. uh, coming yeah, from yeah. covid like anxiety levels are definitely yeah. much higher like even on first visits of coming out like some women have had really um you know very different births than what they had planned now that can happen when with anyone like you go in with one picture and a very different picture happens but when you put that put on top of that not having your partner's support um you know not having them in the hospital afterwards in the postnatal yeah. ward 
um, all those extra things have a massive impact, like that lack of support. And then the staff aren't there to support you because there's not enough of them. Thoughts going into the winter and like, even though I'm not pregnant or anything else, I dread going into short days, dark, like dark days, and then being in lockdown again with the kids. Like it's, yeah. it's not healthy for anyone. So yeah. yeah, it's a trying time for everyone, Cora. I definitely agree. And I like even you're seeing you having your picnic, like it's definitely what's needed. You get those good sunny days, people need to get outdoors. Do you know? Yeah, I think we could all just take a breath and it was nice to see, like we were all obviously distancing from each from one another yeah. but we, just to see each other again and see as I said to see the bumps that are now babies and you know new pregnant moms it was lovely and a lot of women actually joined us for the first time which was great it was lovely Katie thank you so much for taking the time to chat to me about your births that was lovely no hassles listen mind yourself I'll talk to you thanks a million thank you I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you'd like to share your story, you can pop me an email at irelandsbirthstories at gmail.com or you can find me on Instagram under Ireland's Birth Stories. Hopefully I'll have another interview for you on Thursday as a little bonus interview. So keep your eyes peeled on the Instagram page and I'll keep you updated there. Have a good week. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 